1: welcome back everybody another edition here of the auburn undercover podcast my name is nathan king hope everybody is having a great day today i guess it'll be friday morning when this thing goes out joined here by i guess a bit of a roundtable crew we got christian Clemente, mark murphy and jason caldwell and uh, guys it's been a super busy week um, about to get to the end of um, what has just been a loaded week for all of us and it was uh, capped off today by us getting to hang out with all the assistant coaches. In fact, the entire staff got to talk to Hugh Freeze. Today, of course, uh, we were down in Mobile earlier this week um, doing just a little bit of everything, did some Senior Bowl stuff. Guys, we were just talking like basic show prep. I didn't even mention the Senior Bowl. I mean, it's there's a, there's been a ton of stuff this week, which is always good when you're approaching the month of February to still have a lot of stuff going on um, if you're Auburn, because usually this can, this can kind of be a little bit quieter of a time. But we will start with a little bit of housekeeping on the recruiting side get that out of the way, and then we will go through and talk about our impressions of the full staff, talk to every single coach on the staff. And so we'll kind of give our uh, our impressions and our takeaways from uh, conversations with them today. But Christian wanted to start first um, since we last recorded. A couple of commitments for Auburn and maybe some more coming up soon. But we'll um, talk first about uh, about Malik Autry and Jaden Lewis, the two football commitments. Um, you can touch on them. It was It was signing day. For them on, on, I guess it was signing down Wednesday, correct? Um, yeah. But they, you know, Jeremiah Cobb went as expected. The bigger news was guys in uh, in other classes, guys who are, uh, who are future 2024 and 2025.
2: Yeah, I think that's kind of what you're seeing um, just in college football now is, you know, 80, 85%, 90% of guys sign in that December window now. There's just not a lot of guys left. I um, mean, you know, for Auburn and this new staff, you know, they looked at the guys that were still out there. Didn't see anybody that they really loved or that they had to have. You know, they looked at Will James, that corner from Theodore a little bit, but you already signed about a million DBs. You didn't really feel the need to bring in another one. Um, And so, you know, what better way on signing day to try and garner some buzz if you're going to be a quiet program than to go out and get a couple of underclassmen uh, commitments for the future. You know, we had talked about it going into junior day. We said, don't panic if you leave the weekend without any commitments because guys will wait to get edits, wait to release it, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and you know, Auburn picked up two commitments from Junior Day that go official on Wednesday. Um, the first first one being Malik Autry, uh, that 2025 defensive lineman out of Opelika, who has just continued to grow. Um, he's a sophomore right now, and he's 6'6", 280. The last time we saw him was probably from Big Cat Weekend. Um, well, we saw him play this fall, but the last time I saw him really up close, not in pads, was Big Cat Weekend. He looked more like an edge rusher. Now he looks like a defensive tackle, and he's a sophomore in high school. Um, and see, so kind of for Auburn, when you're starting that 25 class, why not start local? Why not start with a 25 from Opelika? Already has some really solid offers. He gets reoffered by Auburn on Saturday. He says, "Look, this is where I want to go." He just had always kind of needed a reason to go to Auburn, um, and now he has that. And when you look at Jaden Lewis. Um, really, really solid cornerback um, out of Aniston. You know, it's, it should be really no surprise that after signing a loaded defensive back class in 2023, the first two commitments for the 2024 class are DBs. You have Amon Lane, um, the top two, four, seven cornerback out of Moody who committed to Zach Etheridge back at big cat weekend. He's sticking with his commitment. Um, He said he's really comfortable with this new staff. And then Jaden Lewis is a guy that has honestly been trending to Auburn for quite a while now. You know, Predating this past fall, um, he's really, really liked Auburn, really, really liked Zach Etheridge, um, and you know, this new staff comes in, makes him a priority, and he pulls the trigger pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, and then talking about a possibility as we sit here recording um, on Thursday. First, we'll talk about the football side. Jason Walker White, it's quarterback, I believe. Uh, who's the other one? I'm sorry, is Auburn, Clemson, and there's a there's Baylor. a third, Auburn, Clemson, Baylor, Baylor. but. and again stop me if I'm wrong which seems like it's between Auburn and 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 Clemson here and Jason we were talking about talking about before we started you know this was a recruitment that Auburn was not necessarily even in the picture for now and now Clemson has made a great run um late and Auburn felt good about him a while ago and now it's kind of you know teetered between um those two just just talk a little about a little bit about the progress you know that Auburn made up you know essentially from nowhere um to to possibly you know be in the running for one of the best quarterbacks and we'll see what happens but one of the best quarterbacks in the country
3: yeah, no, it's it's kind of a the story that we've told now for about the last uh, two and a half months. Um, Auburn wasn't in the picture. New staff comes in, Auburn gets in the picture really quickly, and 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 you know, that's been the case. And you know, I, I think the thing that's helped Auburn is something that we'll we'll touch on here a little bit later because Hugh Freeze was asked about it today, and he talked about the the quarterback development on this staff and 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 just the number of guys that. I think you know that's something that's going to help them in quarterback recruiting moving forward. It's put them in, really. It's, it's one of the things that's put them in the in the picture with a guy like Walker White. and He's a big, physical guy, can run. He's athletic. He has everything that you are looking for at quarterback position. And so, yeah, it's gone from hey Auburn not even being mentioned to to Auburn giving themselves a legitimate shot. And so we'll see what happens there. But you know, you know, if if you are able to land a guy like that, then it would be a huge feather in, in a cap of a staff that hasn't had much time to, to work for a guy like that. So um, you know, we'll see what Friday holds on the football side of things and see what Friday holds on the basketball side of things too. Uh, a guy that we, we've all seen at, at one point or another, uh, Mark, we we've seen LeBaron Phylon in, in camp, at basketball camp and I think ninth and 10th grade for him growing up. And then uh, we had a chance to watch him Tuesday night in just a a battle royal at blunt high school on tuesday night um and you know one of the top players in the country number 40 player in the country 6 177 combo guard um you know auburn's one of the six finalists and I, I think as we sit here you know right now as it'll be later today on friday feel pretty good about Auburn's chances i think
0: yeah i remember a couple of years ago uh sending his name off to the 24-7 basketball guys nationally and saying look you need to check this guy out when he's on the aau circuit because he's not an average player he's really good he's got tremendous court vision he's really quick and he's an alpha male out there on the court and uh, i saw him go against some of the top prospects in the south at um, pearl's team camp there was like over 100 teams in there and they matched up uh, Baker with some really good teams out of other states. And uh, he was definitely the uh, the best player out there. So uh, uh, I, I did a pick um, on the 24-7 crystal ball today. I, I picked him going to Auburn. So let's see if I'm right. Uh, he did confidence level nine. So um, he's a guy Auburn's invested a lot of time and effort in going back to his – offered him as a ninth grader, guys.
1: A nine crystal ball is nothing to nothing to miss, ladies and gentlemen, that's a good early sc- early scout by you mark saying, yeah, this guy this guy might be pretty good now he' ends up being the number one player um in the state. I do want I do want to thank uh, Christian and Jason for bringing me along to the uh, <laughs> first high, first high level high school basketball game that I, I think I've been to then it lived up to the hype that that was, that was so much fun i mean baker ended up losing they lost a blunt in a rivalry game like so phylon didn't win he actually fouled out um but
2: a little bit of home cooking in that game uh, if you ask me a bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if, some, if someone fouls out with four offensive charges four charges three of which i have on video a guy sliding in yeah. and then falling over and you um,
1: can probably send that to somebody right some with AHS hsa might be a little yeah, too no, late they, now, I, but yeah, they,
3: they don't care. They're good, um, but, <laughs> but no, it, you know, they, it's when you look at, uh, you know, that game. It, you know, because I've said it, you know, following reminds me a little bit of, of JD Davidson a little bit, but JD Davidson played two A competition. You know, he was the biggest player on the on the court, and he was playing guard, and so he could do pretty much anything he wanted to. I mean, you're playing in, in Mobile and playing the teams that that Baker has to play. I mean, that was a 7A versus 6A. Um, Blunt has guys, they've got athletes all over the court too, and and they said, look, we're going to take this guy out of the game. They did a good job. Um, he still scored 24 points. Um, and so, you know, I hate to put this on it, but, you know, I think about J.D. Davison, it reminds, it reminds me of a guy that came to Auburn Arena when it was still Auburn Arena a few years ago that's now playing for the Grizzlies. He has a John Morant feel to it. And uh, I know that's lofty, but uh, he, he's a guy that has that feeling. And so, yep. you know, we just talked about a football football get that would be massive, you know, on top of, you know, when we didn't mention, too, a basketball commitment just a couple of days ago as well. Uh, you know, basketball commitment from a five-star guard to go along. You go along with Aiden Holloway, you know, you, you've added a point guard, and, and, and so you get – you know, another guard, uh, then and Bruce Pearl and his staff would be well on their way towards, you know, restocking that backcourt for years to come.
1: Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll move on um, from this. But yeah, you're right. I, I, I was remiss. I did um, forget to bring up Todd Pettiford. Um, you know, just, just so happens to, if he signs, will be the third best recruit Auburn basketballs ever had. So I'm sorry about, uh, sorry about whiffing on that one. But uh, yeah, you know, like they
0: get both these guys. This would be the mother of all. Basketball recruiting weeks for guards, goodness uh, with Auburn. Good, great. and they can
1: play. They can play together is something where uh, I think Phylon is still listed, maybe by us or by other people as as a point guard. And like Jason mentioned, when you're ceiling as a guy like a John, Murray, I mean he's he, he's he a play ball any. handling scorer. He's a ball. Correct, he
3: can play. Yeah, he played their side, and, and that's the thing now. You know, especially, well, we've seen it with Bruce Pearl. I mean, you know, there's a point guard, but really both guards handle the ball all over the place, and so this it's it's. it's yeah, you could know, have the versatility from those guys would be huge.
0: Yeah, think about Samir Dowdy for a role type, not necessarily the same player, but a guy who's comfortable sliding over and handling either role. Yeah, like Mark mentioned, this could be – we've been talking about this for a while, this
1: 2024 basketball class. Of course, 2023 they get Aiden Holloway. It's probably the only high school guy they're going to go after there. But um, you already had Peyton Marshall. He's a top 10 center in the country. Um, you bring in Tahad Pettiford out of New Jersey. Number three point guard in the country, a composite five star, and then LeBaron Phylon, which we again we got three crystal balls in for him right now. Marks is Marks is scorching hot, um, so you got to think they land him on uh, on Friday. They're already the number five recruiting class in the country for twenty twenty four. Super early, not a ton of commitments, but um, and then they could get somebody else too. They want you know kind of a kind of a three, you know, want a scoring forward in this class as well. Um, and so, like Mark mentioned. Could be it. Could be an excellent. Could be the most talented guard duo Auburn's ever landed in the in the you know through the recruiting trail. And this class overall has a chance to be. Again, this is a little while in the future, but man, that (laughs) that could be some serious serious talent um, coming to Auburn. So, anyway, wanted to touch on the assistant coaches. Um, We started out with Hugh Freeze, Jason. You mentioned um, some of the quarterback talk. You know, he he talked a little bit about Ken Austin. Um, Some more, I think, you know, let's see, we've talked to That's now the third time we've talked to him in the past week because we went and saw him in Montgomery, went and saw him at the Senior Bowl. So uh, it was a lot of the same stuff we've heard recently, but uh, it's never a bad time to talk about quarterbacks. Jason, it's going to be it's going to be the hot topic until, uh you know, until spring ball starts and shoot, it'll be until the season starts, to be honest. But, uh, you know, right now he's maintaining that. Look, I want to see how these guys go, because as he as he brought up, I haven't I haven't coached these guys a single rep. And on top of that, he said, you know, it's not really fair for me to just go off their tape because he was honest. He's like, sometimes they weren't protected very well. So um, really just sort of taking the he's taking sort of the objective standpoint on these guys right now and saying, I don't really want to pay attention to what has happened, what they have looked like. I want to get my hands on them in the spring and then they'll decide what they want to do about a transfer.
3: Yeah. You know, it's it, we've been saying, it, um, you know, since that portal window closed for Auburn and, in you know, that last day of classes, I guess the middle of January that. Look, they're going into spring. It's going to be a competition. That's what it was going to be at the quarterback position, whether or not they had brought in a a transfer. It was going to be a competition no matter what. Robbie Ashford's going to have the, the chance to win it. Holden Garner's going to have a chance to win it. Hey, TJ Finley's going to have a chance to win it. He's going to be there in the spring. He's going to have a shot. And so, um, yeah, I, I thought there were some some interesting things that you can maybe kind of read between the lines a little bit from you, Freeze, when 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 talking about you know, a guy like Robbie Ashford. I he I think there's some intrigue when you think about some of the throws he made, some of the things he did. And, um, yeah, you know, and talking to him and talking to Philip Montgomery, uh, I think the one thing that jumps out to me, and even with Ron Roberts on defense today, one of the biggest things that jumped out to me was was using the talent available. And we how many times have we talked about it in the last – we talked about in the last 10 or 12 years in, in the, the square peg in a round hole where you go like – you know, that guy's a pretty good player, but he doesn't fit what, what they're doing, and they're not changing it or they're not adapting to it. And I think we heard that time and time again today. Look, adapt to the talent, adapt to the guys we got. And I think he Freeze has done a good job of that. And I think that starts at quarterback. You know, Robbie Ashford is not a guy that you're probably going to stand back there and say, hey, we're going to keep you in the pocket 50 times a game and and play the game like Patrick Mahomes did at Texas Tech. That's That's not who he is. Um, but he can throw the ball and do some stuff. So it'd be interesting to see kind of how this offense shakes out in the spring as, as they mesh two systems together and kind of try to figure out all the things that go along with that.
1: As we record this right now on Thursday evening, Hugh Freeze said yesterday was really the first time that he had a chance to sit down with his staff. And I think he said they were working on protection you know, verbiage, that, that was the thing they're working on. Next, it'll be uh next, will be you know what are we going to call these different screens, and so we we continue to try to give context to just how little time they have had to do things like this. And again, he's you know he's at the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, like he probably didn't have time to do something like that, but it was you know something important that um you know of course the Auburn coach has to do, and he's and he's glad to do it. But um you know, he said individual meetings will start next Wednesday, I believe is what he said. Um so Mark, it's you know with an early with an early spring practice starting in February. And I know um, y'all have said that that, that has been the case previously. It's the first time I've been covering the team where they've started in February before um, his word today was hustle. He said, you know, there's thousands of discussions that he and the staff have to have between, uh, between now and then. So uh, as somebody on our board put it uh, pretty well this week, there will not be any trips to Mexico for, uh, for Hugh freeze in February, <laughs> most likely.
0: Yeah, this is going to be uh, a challenging February because normally in if- you know, they're decompressing a little bit uh, after getting signing done. And usually there's a lot of intensity leading right up to to um, National Signing Day. But there wasn't as far as 2023 20, prospects. But as you guys know very well, they had a huge junior day this past weekend. And takes a lot of time, effort, and coordination and commitment to get so many really good prospects in. And then then they got the commitments uh, uh, from a couple guys who were there. So they've been busy. And, uh, um, you know, talking to some of the coaches, you know, they said they haven't all been together very often as a, uh, as a group so far. And uh, I think they're still getting to know each other. But I don't know about what you guys think, but. I'm really picking up a good vibe that these guys seem to like each other. They seem to like Hugh Freeze, and uh, I think uh, they're getting on the same page about uh, what needs to get accomplished in winter workouts, and then spring practice, and then move forward. So uh, I don't think they're, you know, it's anything urgent to get uh, fully ready to go team by the end of spring practice. But I do think they want to get a really good evaluation of what their holes are and what their strengths might be. So it'll be interesting spring, guys. You No, I was just going to say, I
2: mean, that's one of my biggest takeaways. I think Hugh said it um, when we were in Montgomery and then he said it again today. Look, Auburn's not going to be able to get everything they want to get accomplished in the spring. It's just not going to be possible. He was just hoping they can find, you know, a couple of things on offense, a couple of things on defense, whatever those may be, and try and get really good at those things. Um, and then you can expand from there. But uh, that's just something that kind of has been interesting to me that stuck out to me um, that he was talked about a couple of times now.
1: It's been a very um, practical, I think is the, probably the right word of, of his approach to pretty much every facet having to deal with this team, talking about the talent gap in recruiting, talking about what they can get accomplished in a short amount of time, talking about the quarterback position. Um, It's just kind of been a very level headed. Here's where we are. And in some ways we have a long way to go in some of these areas In some ways we don't. And like Christian just mentioned, you know, saying that, you know, if if you expect too much of the staff and you try to, you know, get too much out of them and, and squeeze them too dry, that's, that's, going to be a recipe for disaster in the spring as they're still trying to mesh schemes together you've got new players and there are new coaches all over the place and so his thinking is look we'll just do what we can and see what happens after that because they're not gonna they're um, not gonna put them in a position where they're gonna be overworking them um too much in the in the spring and you know that's when you that's when mistakes happen that's when injuries happen those sorts of things so christian i'll stick with you because i want to give you an opportunity i know you were um making the rounds prowling today to talk about recruiting uh philosophies with this with these guys uh, because again this is the first time we've gotten to talk to all of them together and from what you've told me um lots of interesting conversations not only in that aspect but also lots of good specifics from some of these coaches about how many guys they might want to take in the 2024 class
2: yeah that's the big thing obviously you know they can't talk about specific guys stuff like that but they can talk about kind of their goals and whatnot you know one of the big things for me was talking with philip montgomery you look at the quarterback room. You, you've got two younger guys there, three, I guess, with Hank Brown coming in as well, um, and Holden, Robbie, and Hank Brown. But yeah, there was kind of the the thought from fans, and you know, we even thought maybe it was a possibility if Auburn would take two quarterbacks in the class. Um, and he shut that down pretty quickly. He said, "No, we're we're really only thinking we'll take one, um, and you know, maybe you could take a transfer or whatever, um, looking way in the future." But he's they're really only focused on one high school quarterback which was really interesting to me. And the other one on offense that was interesting to me, um, you know, there were some other notes as well. Um, But Cadillac Williams came out and said that Auburn wants two high school running backs in this class. That's something that we've thought Auburn has been pretty interested in um, this cycle, just based on, you know, Jarquez Hunter will be out of here within the next year or two. Um, So Auburn's looking for two guys. They're after a ton of of talented guys there at running back as well. Um, So and you know, we'll kind of see Jamarian Burnett, a name that sticks out, Kanan Daniels uh, from Mississippi, uh, Kevin Riley from up in Tuscaloosa as well. So there's a lot of guys, but Cadillac Williams said for sure they want two running backs in this class.
1: Jason, I know you spent a lot of time around him when we when we first got started. Um, obviously super important position they all are, but Jake Thornton there um with the offensive line. I enjoyed talking to him a lot toward the end about how their run scheme was able to be so successful um at Ole Miss. And obviously he's a guy who has three very, very good transfers coming in. What were what were some of the things that you took away from your conversation with him?
3: Yeah, you know, I think we, you know, we kind of you know, the good thing is when you go through the recruiting process and talk to guys and, and you're able to get a feel for it. So we kind of already had a feel for, you know, kind of Gunnar Stockton, Diddle way outside at tackle positions to begin with, you know, Avery inside at, at the center position that transferred from East Carolina. And you, know, you talked about those guys a little bit. And I think, you know, Gunnar Stockton's a guy that they they feel like can can be a versatile guy because he's played both tackle spots. He's played all over and um and so i think that's a big deal dealing Wade, one of the things that out to me was is he's you know almost played uh Tolson. he's like hey we saw that guy stand up to pass rushers in this league and, and we felt like hey okay we saw it he can compete and so that i thought that was a big deal And you know that's part of you know kind of what are you looking for and, and they were looking for guys that could come in and play right now no question about it they had to have them um there's no other way around it and so they're able to find three of the guys they thought to compete right away and, uh, the other part was he said, I, I feel like there's some young talent here and, and they just haven't had an opportunity. This spring's going to be an opportunity because again, I, you, know, you got some veteran guys there. You know, you got, you know, Jeremiah, Wright This, this started games, you got, you know, Jaleel Irvin and, and, you know, the started games and Tate Johnson, that started games and Cam Stutz that started games. I mean, you know, there are some, some guys that have played football. Um, the tackle spots will be interesting. You know, can guys like Colby Smith and Connor Langlow step up? And so I think, for him, it's about competition. But, you know, he talked about, hey, being being tough. But he said, assignment number one, that's the thing. We want those guys to know what they're doing. And I thought maybe the thing that will jump out to people the most, it did to me today, is, is this is a younger guy, but he's old school in his approach. He said, we're starting from the ground up. The first thing we're doing, stance. He said, stance, scheme, th- those little things – are things that we're building around and you know he freeze talked about it today he said look i don't care if we only do two things you know and in practice those things same things for 13 days it felt like that on the offensive line going well, look we're going to get good at something and and we're going to be able to execute that and um so i you know his offensive lines were really good and i thought he i thought he was a, a pretty interesting guy to 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 kind of listen to and to watch today Jason, he told me toward the end he thinks
1: offensive line plays ninety five percent fundamentals and five percent talent.
3: Um, yeah, yeah, it's well, and it's it's one of the things and, and you know, I'm gonna go to old school here. Um, when Hugh Nall was Auburn's offensive line coach under Tommy Tuberville, he always used to tell us and hey, and it and it backed up time and time and time again. He always told us that look, I'd much rather have a guy who never played offensive line. I don't. I'd rather much rather have a guy never played it at all because he did not have any bad habits. That's the that's what he's talking about. If you can build a base of fundamentals, and that's why there were so many defensive linemen that made the switch, and you know guys went to NFL. And Ben Grub stopped in the other day, one of those guys, and Tim Duckworth, and you know there was a a list of those guys that came through there that were defensive linemen or or tight ends or whatever, because that's it. It's about fundamentals and and the execution of those things. Yes, but it's it's hand placement, it's, it's hat placement, it's it's your steps, your stance, knowing who to block, uh, all those things. It's really important, and that's why it'll be a growth process for this offensive line with so many new faces.
1: Mark, I know you were over there catching up with Crime Dog, um, which is which is a lot of fun. You know, he described how he and Zach are, are gonna split up the uh, the secondary duties, which was I thought a key a key detail today. Um, Etheridge is gonna do the safeties and the nickels and uh and crime dog will be on the the cornerbacks and so that's you know I mentioned to him that Zach said he's he's excited about tapping into your experience and uh McGriff said shoot he's the one who's coached you know a couple all-americans the last few years I'm excited to get his experience so um you know we we've we've been talking about their recruiting shops a little bit Christian mentioned you know their success recruiting defensive backs over the past few years not only do you have a couple guys who are obviously elite at that but um you know the on-field production for these guys nfl draft picks um has been really really good and so it was was interesting to hear them talk about how they're going to sort of mesh their philosophies this year and it it truly is a a co-coaching situation in the secondary
0: yeah nathan i think you hit on a really good word there mesh Uh, it sounds to me like they're gonna there's gonna be a lot of interaction with um you know, even though Crime Dog is mainly going to be coaching cornerbacks, that's his title. I think he's also going to be working with the safeties and the nickels. And and Zach is going to be working with the cornerbacks as well. So I think they're all going to work together. And, you know, both of those guys said, look, all those guys in the back end have got to know uh, everybody's assignment. So they're all going to be working together. And uh, I was getting a chuckle out of Zach saying, um, Of course the defensive secondary is uh the most important thing other than protecting a quarterback in a game because he said if you can't protect your goal line you can't win games and if you're a uh, assistant coach you can't keep your job so uh, i do think those guys have got a lot of depth to work with there's a load of guys back who have uh, started games for auburn they got some really good recruits coming in as you guys have chronicled you know, the last couple of months. And uh, so I think they got a chance to be deep in all those positions. Uh, can't say that about every position uh, going into spring practice, but I think you can say it about uh, the secondary. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how good this group can be.
1: Yeah, like you mentioned, Mark, they are getting everyone back who played, who played at all last season. I asked Zach Etheridge about that. He said, I have never been a part of something. Something like this, yeah. That I thought that. announced... by the way, West McGriff is just fantastic to talk to, um, all the time. He, he's he's. You'll find yourself laughing at something every ten seconds. But uh, there, there's
2: a reason almost every recruit says he's like their favorite coach ever.
1: We had who was it? We had on T-Love. here. T love. It was T love. Yep. And uh, and Jason was like, "Yep, that's uh, it's not surprising in the slightest." Yeah, he, yeah, talking about the goal line, saying you know everyone looks at quarterbacks and oh, and it was a Super Bowl defining moment, yada yada. He was like, nobody. And when he mentions how, you know, they're, they're scoring in the end zone, and that's also defining people's careers and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, he was fantastic. And, and Zach Etheridge said, you know, I asked him about DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett. Obviously, that's, that's massive for them, getting a couple defensive leaders back. And he said it was sort of an ongoing process, um, how he found out. It was sort of building over a couple weeks, um, him realizing they were going to come to that decision. And obviously, that makes his room even better for next season. Uh, Christian, I thought really interesting. Uh, it was, it was a couple comments that Marcus Davis made to you. Um, this is somebody that not only has familiarity with Auburn, obviously played here and now he's, and now he's back, but he spent time at Auburn previously as a coach. He was just doing off the field stuff. Um, and he talked to you a little bit about the importance of that. And so, uh, Marcus Davis is an interesting, is an interesting coach on this, on this staff right now. And he also has the luxury of bringing in a guy and Nick Mardner, who uh, went for almost a thousand yards when he played for him at uh, at Hawaii? But uh, Marcus I mean, all these guys were great, but uh, I thought specifically your interaction with him. Um, you know, sort of on the recruiting side of things, on the player personnel side, um, from top to bottom, in terms of what you need to do as a coach, from the, you know, from the off the field stuff to the on the field stuff. He's extremely young, and he's proven he can do it already. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean,
2: you look back just a couple of years ago, and Marcus Davis was the guy that was sitting. Uh, on the chair, on the couch, in the lobby of the football facility or the old athletics complex, um, you know, waiting on recruits to arrive, driving them around as like kind of the assistant, whatever it was. Um, So Jason, Jason has obviously known Marcus a long time, covered his recruitment, covered him as a player. And then, you know, Jason and Mark and Nathan, you might've covered him a little bit um, as well, or been been around when he was involved in the coaching side of things. Um, And so, I just kind of asked him, you know, how does that help you now as a recruiter? Um, And I thought what he had to say was really interesting Um, here. I'm going to read off the quote because I thought it was pretty intriguing. He said, man, now looking back, that helps me so much just from the planning side of things and the on campus things, you know, just being on the phone with high school coaches. That was my sole job at one point. Um, And so, you know, you talk about coming back, he worked at Georgia Southern last year. So he's already obviously already familiar with the Auburn area, the Georgia area um, from Florida. So he's familiar with that area, but a young guy, and he has fantastic connections with high school coaches because of that time in his off-the-field role. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting. I figured that would kind of be the case. Um, but to hear it from him and hear what he had to say was interesting um, as well.
1: Who was able to – we were talking about this before we started. I got boxed out entirely on uh, on Ron Roberts. Everybody flooded over to him, and, uh, and I, I was able to get to every other – defensive assistant uh jace i see you nodding your head uh, i've been so interested to learn about scheme um from him and and what he wants to do and also on top of that he is just an extremely colorful yeah uh, coach and uh the way he illustrates things is awesome um just a ton of energy um and just has been you know we've we've met him before like you mentioned at the beginning we kind of known some of these guys through recruiting and just around the building but uh he's he, he's a fun guy to be around um and i'm interested to know what uh, what he talked about today
3: yeah you know I- Got at a, a couple of minutes with him with both coordinators, and so there is so many guys there. You know, you don't you don't get to spend thirty minutes with one coach like we do with Hugh Freeze, and so. Uh, but I, I thought you know maybe the most interesting thing from him was just you know I mentioned it earlier a little bit, but but talking about versatility on defense and you know kind of you know kind of how you want to line up and and you know um, Josh Aldridge, Auburn linebacker coach, kind of touched on it too, and and so I thought you know that, hey this is something they've already talked about obviously, but he's like, look, you don't pigeonhole guys into a position based on what they look like. Or or sometimes he's like, you you may have two linebackers that are more box linebackers that, Hey, these are best players. They're going to play their best 11 players. And if that winds up being five defensive backs all the time, I I think we're going to see a bunch of that anyway. That could be it. But heck, you know, I I think, you know, there's some intriguing things and, and it'll be, you know, it's interesting to see how he does in in the spring and how it looks. But my guess is is that they're going to do a lot of experimentation once they kind of get everything on the field. Um, you know, and talking to Jeremy Garrett, Auburn defensive line coach, they got a they got a bunch of bodies now on that defensive line. They got a lot of ways to be able to play. But I think they're going to be really multiple. I think it's going to be three four four three. Um, you know, they'll walk some outside guys up. They're going to be aggressive at times, and so uh, I think it's going to be a a fun defense to watch. But it's all about kind of um you know, putting those pieces together and right now they just don't have you don't have much of a clue. They go you can go back and watch all the games you want to, but <clears throat> you don't know what defense was called. You don't know what their assignment was. You know, all the things you you can see athleticism, you can see size, you can see how a guy tackles, but that was his thing. He said it comes down to a few things that assignment of football, play hard, tackle. That's it. And and if you start there. Then you're going to be pretty good on defense.
1: Yeah. And another um, division of duties, if you will, in the, and along the defensive line, Jeremy Garrett said that um, Ron Roberts is actually over the, over the outside backers. He calls them the jack position, um, the jack linebackers. And um, Jeremy Garrett just said that's something, that's something he's done for a long time. Ron Roberts has. It's a position he's very comfortable with. He's coached very well. And so he's, uh, you know, he said he's excited to be, um over those guys obviously you know it's it's jeremy garrett's defensive line but um you know those guys will be will be coached specifically um by ron roberts jeremy garrett will have the the rest of the line um and then he you know mentioned vontrell king williams who is uh for those of those who don't know he's a he's an analyst now on the staff he was a sitting fbs assistant coach he was uh, eastern michigan's uh defensive line coach and they had the number two sack man in college football um last season had the second most sacks in the country and so uh a really big, really big pickup for them in terms of their, uh, their off field staff. So you guys, I don't, you know, we've got a couple more, um, didn't, didn't want to make this one too long, kind of running up against the clock here. Um, I don't know. I wasn't able to get over. I was at Ben Agamawa for a little bit, wanted to talk for just a second, how he said Landon King will continue to be that hybrid guy. Um, I'm sure it got asked about a couple times. I just came over and asked it. I'm sure, I'm sure many people did. Um, and, You know whoever whoever can speak up. I don't know who was over by him, but he also talked about how important it is. uh, You know he's got so many veterans in that room. You know guys like Tyler Fromm, guys like guys like Luke Deal, even a guy like Mike Riley Ducker who's in his second year, even a guy like Brandon Frazier who hasn't played a ton, um, but is in his what third or fourth year in the system. And so, um, you know, I thought he made a lot of really interesting comments, um, and also saying that you know he they watched Rivaldo Fairweather play last season. Liberty similar to similar the Dylan Wade situation. Liberty played. (laughs) FIUs either last year or the year before. Um and uh and he said they you know him and Hugh Freeze kinda of talked about that guy after the game and they were like that that is a guy who would be really, really good in our offense and uh here they are now at Auburn a couple of years later.
2: Go ahead, yeah. Jason. I was just gonna say you had a fantastic quote that you got from Ben today.
3: Yeah, yeah. I yeah, the thing that yeah, you know, obviously talking about him and tight ends, it was you know, I the thing I took away was was him talking about how they need it's not just a pass catching tight end. You got to be able to block and you got to do all the things you need to do in an offense, but there is versatility with a group. And, um, you know, this is a guy he has been with Hugh Freeze a long time. Um, Hugh Freeze coached him for two years in college when he was playing, was at Ole Miss for a long time. He's now been at Liberty. And he, he said, look, we, you know, this is a place at Ole Miss that we, that we looked at and, and he said, we thought it was a sleeping giant. And I went ding, ding, ding. Um, when you, to me, maybe my overwhelming thought from today in talking to to Ben and, and Jeremy Garrett and Josh Aldridge and some of these guys was excitement at this opportunity. I think sometimes it's taken for granted, you know, what Auburn is and what Auburn can be and what Auburn has. I don't think this is a staff that's going to do that. And I think we've already seen that in recruiting He backed it up today going, look, we we think this place can can be a monster. And um, I kind of get that feel from all these guys. They feel like, hey, we're in on the perfect opportunity, brand-new building, unbelievable facilities, the support out through the roof. um, Because of what Auburn's gone through the last couple of years, Um, they recruited well, they've done some things, and people see that they're working. And if people see you're working at Auburn – they're going to give you support and it's going to happen. And so that was my overwhelming thought, but he, he kind of gave it that one going, Hey, look, we noticed it, noticed it when we were at Old Miss. And, uh, I thought that was, was pretty, pretty sharp to go, Hey, look, we saw it. And, and when I had the opportunity to come to a place like Auburn, he jumped on it.
1: Yeah. Even a guy like, uh, Jake Thornton hitting, hitting home on your point, Jason of, Realizing what what an opportunity Auburn is as a guy who was in the SEC West, and I asked him, you know, what was the pitch? You know, you were you're in the division, right? At a at a program where you guys were extremely successful. Um, and number one, he said, you know, he, he grew up about three hours down the road and in Georgia, and so he he grew up, you know, liking Auburn and, and knowing what it stood for. But then he said, you know, it's the it's the power of the logo a little bit. You know, he said it's it's, it's a place that has a lot of tradition. And he said he said that's not just for fans. So that's for you know people in the coaching industry. They understand, like you mentioned, Jason, sort of a Sleeping giant type situation where
3: they, they understand that you can that you can tap into that a little bit. Yeah, Josh Aldridge asking somebody asking that today, going, you know, what's different? You've recruited. Josh Aldridge has recruited Georgia, Atlanta, into Op- Auburn, Opelika areas while at Liberty. He, he coached with Cadillac at West Georgia, so he knows this area pretty well. But he said the difference now. He said, I walk in those schools and I'm not recruiting from the bottom of the list. He said. I'm at the top of the list for the first time. Like now you, you can go recruit the top guys in schools. And he said, it's because of that logo. I, I mean, the, I think these guys are having a lot of fun and, uh, you know, obviously much different for, for some of these guys to have that opportunity for the first time. And um, they're relishing it for sure.
1: Yeah. Somebody we talked to in Montgomery uh, Christian, we were talking to a staffer there and he was saying, you know, when I, when I, when he was at his previous stop, um, you know, had to come in and he you know, had to do recruiting when he got there recruiting to get guys onto campus like for camps and things like that um and he said shoot man he said now my phone's just blowing up with like the best players in the state they're like hey can I come visit here and he's like I have no idea how to how to handle something like this so uh like like you mentioned Jason the the right way to approach that situation when you're coming from a place like Liberty is to have the attitude um like this and so overall guys uh, it was an awesome day very productive uh over at auburnundercover.com we are going to have stories from these guys for a long time. I mean, we have got uh, documents upon documents of, uh, of quotes and uh, Mark was talking before we started. It's gonna be a bunch of videos as well. We already have a couple videos, two or three up on the YouTube channel where you guys will, if you're watching this video, you can just go check those out. We got the full freeze press conferences up there as well. So uh really fun day and uh, we enjoyed bringing it to you guys. Christian, there you go. You got the, oh uh, yeah, auburnundercover.com there on the bottom. We appreciate you guys uh, joining us today. I think we'll call it there. Um, of course, you know, Keep it locked at, at our website on Friday because a couple commitments could be possible, both in football and basketball it could be really huge. And then uh, obviously the basketball team goes to big, tall task on Saturday to go to number two, Tennessee. Um, but we'll see what happens for uh, for Bruce Pearl's team. So thank you guys so much for listening. Five star review. If you can, that is the number one thing that helps us out. Bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud and Instagram. Until the next time, see you guys over at auburnundercover.com. Everybody have a great weekend. Talk to you all soon.